So, in our last episode, we tried to jinx a couple of teams who were on some winning streaks and on some losing streaks. Um, I'm trying to think. I think when we released the episode, I think we stopped three of the streaks. But unfortunately, there's one streak that doesn't seem that seems to have broken our jinx. Um, can the Oilers lose, or are they just going to win out the rest of the season at this point? Is it unfortunate or fortunate that they passed our jinx? I mean, it's it's fortunate. I think we were just joking. I think you're more focused on ending the Kings losing streak, which you know it is over. But uh, I think they're they've had the 30th best record, 31st, 32nd best record for the year of 2024. Um, no, I think the, I think if you're asking, you know, Oilers Oilers fans, they're probably like, yeah, they got your jinx didn't work on them. Like they've won 16 in a row. They're one away from tying the NHL record. Um, I don't know, like, this team, like we said, like, they clicked, and for some reason, you know, they're still winning. Like, I, it's not like they're having, like, an easy schedule, too. I think they, they've beaten some good teams, right? So it's not like it's all pure luck, but, like, this is the team that we all thought would be contenders in the Pacific, and they're clearly climbing the standings right now. So, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to see, it. like, 16 in a row is not easy, especially in the NHL. So if I tell, I'm going to tell you the rest of the teams that are going to play next, right? I think this team has a chance on doing 20 in a row. So the next game is the Golden Knights. And that's a hard one. That is a hard one, right? And then they've got the Ducks, which I think they should be able to beat no problem. Then they've got the Kings, who they'll beat in overtime because the Kings are 2-8-6 somehow already this year. Six. Six, are you kidding me? And then the Red Wings. And after that, it makes it 20. That's why they've got the Blue Stars, and it gets kind of a bit harder. But I think this team has a chance to make it to 20. Did I, did I place another jinx on this team? Well, I think there's one thing you might be missing, and I, you've told me this before. The all-star breaks coming up is like those 20 games, right? It's not like they're going to play those like they're not going to be like in a rhythm, right? There's going to be an extended break where most of them are going to be off for, I think, what, seven, eight days in a row. So does that maybe counter into the fact that the Oilers might not be able to continue the streak because they're going to have a break in their schedule? It's definitely, you know, the momentum dies a little bit, right? Like, okay. If you look at a very objective type of view, momentum doesn't exist, right? Like, statistically speaking, momentum doesn't exist. You don't ride the hot hand. Like, a hot hand doesn't exist. However, subjectively, if you ask hockey people, they'll tell you, you ride the hot hand, the momentum builds and builds and builds. This is where the momentum would die a little, right? You can see a chance of momentum is not going to be as strong after you take a week off. Yeah, like, I think the the thing is going to be, like, because some of their players are not going to be skating. I mean, everyone deserves a break, but, like, I think if you're an oil, like, if you play for the Oilers, you kind of want to be like, hey, let's not have a break. Let's keep playing because we can, you know, keep up this rhythm. Like, I, like maybe it's not momentum, but I think rhythm. Like, once you get into a set, like, you know, schedule right you know like 
you got practice, you got game day, you get your prep in, and then you go win, right? Like, I think you get that scheduling, you get that, I don't know, like you, you get that rhythm in of just, you know, do something in, like, day in, day out. Then you kind of build that kind of momentum more than, like, actual just, like, winning momentum, I think. So, uh, I think it would be tough. I mean, like, they're currently right now, they're finished their last game before the All-Star break. They don't play again until February 6th. I think we're just going to have to wait and see and see if they make, you know, tie the record. Like you said, that Vegas Golden Knight game is probably going to be tough. But I think we see a lot of these streaks. They always end against teams that they definitely should be beating. So I would not be surprised if it's your LA Kings that, you know, end the streak for the Oilers. Don't tell me at a good time like that. You know what's going to happen, though, right? Like, like every street, it, it's hockey, right? It's always the worst teams that somehow beat the best teams. Like, I remember when the Habs, someone took three out of four points against the Oilers and the Abs. Like, like, I'm, like the, I mean, the, I think the Habs helped continue the, I think that was the night that they might have, like, uh, re-recorded. But, like, I don't know. It's always the teams that, you know, it, it's kind of like those um, trap games, right? Like when you're facing an easy opponent, you think it's going to be like a simple game, simple two points in the standings, but then you realize, you know, they're, they came to play and you're, you know, a step slower and then you lose the game, right? So wouldn't be surprised if it's the Kings, who um, I would just like to inform you that the Oilers are now above the Kings in the uh, standings. Because we don't record video, I can I'll describe what I'm doing instead. I'm giving Jeffrey the middle finger. That is uh, not appropriate, and that is why we are an explicit podcast. I'm just itching my nose with my middle finger, Jeffrey. I don't know what you're talking. It is talking about. And with that, let's start the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. So, um, it's not been a very quiet, like, January. Like, normally, like, well, actually, no, it's been a quiet January in terms of, like, there's not been any, like, significant trades made before the trade deadline. But, um... I feel like this trade deadline is going to be very, very quiet. And the reason why I think so is because there's one team right now that's kind of taking all the players off the trade bait board. And that's the Blackhawks right now. Um, We know the Blackhawks aren't good this season. They're probably going to be fighting for that, you know, number one. Like, they're trying to go for the number one uh, draft lottery uh, spot. Um, and, you know, most teams that are trying to tank are going to be looking to, you know, sell off assets at the trade deadline. But Kyle Davidson, GM of the Blackhawks, has basically signed three of his pending UFAs to two-year contract extensions. Um, so if you guys haven't seen, uh, he has signed, uh, first off, he signed Nick Foligno for a two-year $4.5 million extension, which is a raise. He also signed Jason Dickinson to a two-year, 4.25 mil uh, per year uh, extension. And he also signed goaltender Peter Mrazek to a similar contract, two years, $4.25 million extension. Austin, can you tell me, is Kyle Davidson doing the right thing or is he doing the wrong thing? I think he's doing the right thing. Okay, because hear me out. 
basically he's these are none of these are long term contracts, right? These are all short term, like two year contracts, kind of just stabilizing the team. Like it sends a message to the to the team there that you're looking at, okay, next two years, you're gonna have more of the same. And just tell the leadership in your room is gonna be the same. It's gonna be a guy like, like Nick Felino, just Jason Dickinson. Like those are the leaders in your room, and that's not gonna change. You build the culture through these guys. Um, and at the same time, it's like, it's only two years, right? And I, I think the Blackhawks know they're not ready to compete yet. That's why they're still stacking draft picks, right? That's why they have two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year, and then three second-round picks in 2026. And they're still in the mood of stacking and building their system. You want to build that culture. That's how you build the culture. And by the time they're ready to compete, let's be honest, these guys are going to be either be retired if you're looking at a guy like Nick Foligno, or, you know, or, you know, you're going to have a culture built in place. So I really like these moves. And at the same time, look, this is a team that's rebuilding. You have cap space. You might as well use it. But if you're looking into, like, asset collection, wouldn't trading these three guys at the trade deadline get you more assets? than like Because right now, like, are there any moves that the... Blackhawks can make at the trade deadline to gain assets, like, or like gain significant assets, right? Like, I thought Jason Dickinson was probably going to be like a prime guy at the trade deadline, you know, makes a reasonable cap hit. Um, maybe like you could definitely retain on him if you needed to as a Blackhawks. Probably you could maybe go into like a second, maybe, or even like a decent prospect for him at the trade deadline. Like, he's young enough too, like 28, like. Wouldn't he have gotten you more assets than, you know, just signing him right now to an extension? Um, can I toss out a couple names? Sure. Um, what about a guy like... Uh, is Connor Murphy health, healthy? Is he out? Or and, or Anthony Beauvillier for the season? Are they both out for the season? I think Beauvillier... Is he out for the season? He is... It says unknown currently on cap friendly and Connor Murphy's day to day, but I will say that for Connor Murphy, he is signed until 2026, which might be something that you not might not want to take on. Yeah, like a Beauvillier, if he's day to day, if he's unknown, could he vaccinated? Could you use him as a trade bait? I think so. Um, what about a guy like Ryan Donato? I think he should like. He's cheap, low depth, and you know depth wins wins cups. That's two billion bucks. You were, you know you definitely could squeeze that in for most teams. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of trade on here. I think that's fine because at the end of the day, this isn't like an NHL video game where you just get like eighty prospects, right? These prospects need to play anyways, and they already have five picks in the top 60, what, 62 picks. Like, these guys have to play anyway, so I'm okay with that, to be honest. They have enough draft picks where they don't need to be hoarding draft picks. No, you're right. And, I mean, I, I, I just think it's curious because, like, these were probably, like, decent guys who would have, you know... I think in any normal trade deadline, I think it would have been fine. But I think because this year it's so up in the air, right? Is there really 
a team that you're gonna say is a cup favorite right now? Like, like you feel like, oh, they're definitely going to the cup finals. Like, I don't think it's. To me, it seems like there's a lot of teams that you know we're like, okay, they're gonna make the playoffs. But how many teams are we saying that okay, they're gonna make this Stanley Cup final? Unless maybe the Oilers, but like how many teams out there are you really gonna say like yes, they're a Stanley Cup contender right now? Um, Oilers right now, obviously, yeah. But then what about a team like the Avalanche? I would say they they've got a pretty good chance right now too. Yeah, but like this is that's also a team with like quite a few holes. They just had to sign Zach Parise because they have like no depth after their top six. Like that, like there's no team that I would say is a complete team right now that you can be like, oh, they're gonna you know make significant ads. Like, like I think that's the reason why maybe the Blackhawks were like, hey, like we have assets. But we're not going to be able to get a bidding war for him because there's not many teams that are going to be like highly aggressive at the trade deadline deadline to add players. So maybe they're not going to get the prices they want. Like I wonder if Kyle Davidson, like throughout this year so far, has been like offering these guys to teams and be like, hey, what are you willing to give? And they're just not meeting his price. So then maybe instead of losing those assets for less than what they want back, or um, just losing them for free at the end of the season. Maybe he's like, you know, I'm just going to retain these guys. Maybe I'll get better assets the year after. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of good. If you can get buy-in from some people that want to just, you know, be able, even though you're, you're not going to be a winning team, but they're willing to, you know, be there with the team, you know, I think you get, you got to sign them. It's going to be hard to attract free agents come um, July 1st when you're a team that's clearly tanking. So that brings a good point, though. These guys are getting paid, right? And this is a team that is going to be having trouble hitting the floor. There is value in keeping a leadership core in a young team that brings the right culture in, especially if you're not expecting to win anyways. You might as well spend it on developing these young guys. Like, I kind of bedard. And by overpaying your leadership core, I think there's value there. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I can't understand Nick Foligno. I just don't know how much Peter Morazic and Jason Dickinson truly contribute. I guess they're NHLers, right? They've got, they're players that, you know, have gone through the ups and downs of the NHL, right? Like, these Jason Dickinson and Peter Morazic weren't guys that were, like, top of the lineup guys. They were guys who had their ups. You know, like, I, I could think, like, Jason Dickinson when he was in Dallas. Uh, Peter Mrazek when he was with Carolina. And then the other downs, like Jason Dickinson when he was in Vancouver. Peter Mrazek when he was with the Leafs. Right? Like, I think these are guys that might be able to, like, they might not be, like, huge leaders, but they're pros, and they can share their insights. So a lot of these young guys who are just breaking into the NHL, and, and like you say, like, the cap hit, like, Getting to cap forward is important. Wasn't there like a game where their entire like forward group was being paid like significantly less than their defense group or something? Like there was a game where they had like I think like what was it like I think uh, like Seth Jones made more than the entire top six or something. Like they iced that team I think because like a lot of their guys were out. But I I don't know. Like I, I feel like with the Blackhawks right now, 
it, they've just kind of made trade deadline a lot quieter, which is kind of sad because I always enjoy trade trade deadline, but this year I feel like it's going to be a disappointment when you take three guys off the board like that. I mean, I don't want to put be a party pooper, but those trade bait boards always end up being kind of a disappointment, don't they? Uh, they kind of do, but like, I mean, like, I, like when you're at trade deadline, you want to see trades, right? But when you take three potential guys off the list, like, it's kind of shitty. I mean, like, we're still kind of far away from the trade deadline. There's really not, like, much of a... It's hard to figure out who's going to be sellers and who's going to be buyers. Like, right now, there's, like, some clear sellers. Like, there's Ottawa, probably, say, Chicago, maybe, like, Columbus. Like, who's really out there to, like, really sell, right? There's not a lot of teams. Like, I'm looking at TSN's trade bait board from January 10th. Right, so about two weeks ago. Like, let me read you the top five players. Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, Jake Allen, Sean Monaghan, Sean Walker. It's not really a interesting five, right? That, like, that list is kind of disappointing. Like, last year's top five list on TSN was JBR, Brock Besser, Joel Edmondson, Carter Garland, Dmitry Kulikov. Like, the list kind of sucks. <laughs> it also seems to be TSN is really leaning towards Canadian teams. Like, how was uh, Joel Edmondson that high? That was last year, right? Yeah, but, like, again, like, a lot of Canadian teams, I think, they generate talk in Canada. Um. I mean, like, sorry. No. Let me just jump in one sec here. All right. So, looking at your list here from Chicago, they have two players in the top thirty. By the way, one is number twenty-five, Peter Mrazek, which will obviously no longer be an option. But number twenty-three, Tyler Johnson. Is he someone who gets traded? I guess he mean he's you know third round pick or something, fourth round pick. He's a UFA this year. Blackhawks, you know, hold back half of it, so two and a half million. I could see that. Blackhawks don't have a fourth or fifth round pick this year. To get a third for it, perfect. If not, get a fourth and uh, fifth next year. The thing is, though, Tyler Johnson's currently injury status is undisclosed and his duration is unknown. So that might put a damp. I mean, again, I don't know exactly what the news is right now. So I think if you're a team looking to acquire him, you are allowed to ask, hey, what's his injury? You're not just like, maybe he has a, a paper cut. Maybe he's missing his left leg. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, but what I'm saying is that Tyler Johnson's not a super healthy guy. Like, he's not going to be your number one guy that you're going to be looking to trade for, right? Like, he's if not you're a playoff one. team, he shouldn't be your number one guy anyways. No, no. But, like, if in terms of, like, if you're looking to add depth, I think your first pick would have been, hey, where's Jason Dickinson? Like, I think that's probably, like, who you'd be asking for. And then Tyler Johnson's going to be like, okay, we've tried, our, we've tried everyone else. You've already looked at our prospects. What would it cost for, like, Tyler Johnson? So I could, I could kind of see maybe that. Like, to me, I mean, it was kind of funny, too, because when uh, the Blackhawks were kind of going over that uh, um, that injury phase, basically anyone that was on waivers got picked up by Chicago. <laughs> like, you couldn't get anyone through waivers because they would just keep picking up. Like, Zach Sanford got picked up. Um 
can't remember who else now, but it was just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no. And then, like, of course, like, former Blackhawk, Corey Perry signs with um, the Oilers, too. So that's another guy. Well, that's another piece. Like, I guess that takes one team kind of out of the trade deadline a little bit because the Oilers just only really needed some, maybe some more depth. But now that they've added Corey Perry, it's kind of like, do they need to make any more moves? Like, like you said, like, I think we would agree Oilers are probably the closest to being like a near perfect team. Like, I mean, we, we talked about their goaltending, but based on what we see right now, it's, they're probably fine, right? Like, I don't know. Like, this feels like a trade deadline that's going to be fairly quiet. All right. Um, we never really talked about this because the news was never really concrete. I think we were kind of waiting for everything to kind of come out properly. Uh, and that's the Canadian World Juniors team from 2018 and the alleged sexual assault in London during one of their galas. Um, we've got some news about it. Uh, so I think earlier this week, um, there was a report uh, saying that uh, London police was asking for certain individuals to surrender to London police or just to Ontario, I think. Um, and currently right now, uh, we have in the news that former Canadian World Junior player Alex Fermentin has been charged by the police in London, Ontario, and that's been reported by the lawyers. Um, there's five potential players that are expected to also face charges. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all this, uh, Austin? So I am going to choose my words very carefully, which is not a thing I happen to uh, do very often. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to let the law tell me if these five players, which one we know for sure, because their lawyer has come out and said they've been charged and the other four players they're speculation but i'm not going to get into it but if the law proves that they are guilty then you know they're terrible people and i hope they get punished to the full extent and i hope they never get to play professional hockey again because this is something where you are it's not it's not a right it's a privilege and you know, like, I'm sorry, you lose a privilege when you do something like this, and it's terrible. Um, sure, there are 18, um, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. So, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to be very careful in my words here, but if the law proves that these five players are scumbags and just despicable people, then, you know... Have fun not playing hockey professionally. I I will try to be selective, but I, I do feel like there, there, there are facts that we can mention, right? So we can say that Alex Fermentin's legal team has says that he has been charged by the London police. We can also say that there are four current NHL players that are currently not with their teams and have asked for a leave of absences or to be away from the team. Um, and they 
have either provider reasons or not provider reasons. Um, do we go over those names, Austin, or no? Um, we can say that these four players are these four players are having their leave of absence. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying these are the facts. Okay. Well, I, I don't mind saying the names. Um, so currently there is Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames, who I believe was also the captain for the World Junior Team that year. I believe he was. It, I, I feel like it's a big side note. I feel like it would be a very good uh, trivia question to go over the past Canadian, like past Canadian World Junior captains. Anyway, um, so that was one member. Um, Carter Hart of the Philadelphia Flyers, I believe, is another person. And then I think there are two players from the Devils. Cal Foot, I think. Not, not Nolan, not his brother, but Cal Foot. And Michael McLeod, not Ryan McLeod. So, so those are four players that are currently not with their NHL teams. Um, currently, again, we can't speculate. All we can do is deal with the facts. And like you said, also, like, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But if they are guilty... We want to make sure that you know they are uh, try like try to the fullest extent of the law, and that they are punished accordingly, based on you know, like I don't know. Have you read like through the Globe and Mail or even like some of the like art like articles about like what actually happened and stuff? Yeah, I have, but like I don't know, man. I don't feel like I'm the appropriate person to be like talking about these things, right? Yeah, but like I think it's still important to like. Like, even though you're not someone that, like, can talk about what happened, but, like, in terms of saying, like, like these are kind of despicable things. Like these, this Oh, is, yeah, super fucked up. Yeah, like... like <sighs> super fucked up. Like, if the players... I know there's a player who apparently, like, saw this and is cooperating with the cops. Um, If this player listens to our podcast, kudos to you. You are a great person uh, to... At least see that and be like, yeah, I know hockey's totally about your, like, you know, the brotherhood and everything. And But you were, like, you know, taught better. And to be like, no, this is really fucked up. And I'm going to go, you know, cooperate with the cops. If you listen to our podcast and you're that guy, awesome job. Great work. Um, but, like, yeah, if you're one of those five and this is actually true, yeah, you're pretty fucked up, man. Like, nah, it's pretty messed up. <laughs> No, no other word I want to use besides that's like not okay. Yeah, like uh, I if I mean I think it comes there needs to be some sort of there's obviously a warning, but like if you want to read about this stuff, you can. But again, some of it's quite graphic. Some of it's not always you know, appropriate depending on your own previous experiences. So if it's something that you're interested in reading, I think the Globe and Mail has kind of been reporting quite a bit on it and. Um, just so if you want to know more, I feel like a lot of, I don't think it's even just casual hockey fans. I think most people in Canada know about this case right now. Like it's, it's a, it's like a national like news item. It's not just something that's constrained to the sports world. And I feel like right now, a lot of like the sports stuff, like they're very, 
they're, they're trying to not make any judgments, but like it's very easy for people to make judgments. People like when they want to be detectives, they will be detectives and like try to figure out what's going on. And yeah, I mean, can we talk about Formentin now that he's kind of like his legal team has said that he's been charged? So I feel it's fair game, right? Like now, if his lawyer brings it up, it's not us speculating anymore, right? It's you know, coming straight from from his side, right? Well, he's still innocent until proven guilty, right? But at the same time, he has been asked to surrender. And I wonder, like, again, he's still innocent until proven guilty. But I think if you're the senators who didn't sign him after his, RF, like, once his entry-level contract ended, they must have known something was up for them not to sign him to his next NHL contract, right? Like, I, I don't think Alex Fermentin was a bad player that they just couldn't come to an agreement and then, you know, then they're like, okay, we're not going to sign you, go play somewhere else. Like, I think they must have knew something, but they couldn't say anything, right? Yeah, I, I, I personally wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the team was aware of this. Because, like, like you said, right, like, they must, not must, there's a chance they would have known something was up because they could have just easily signed him, right? Like, it's very rare you see situations like this in the NHL where it's just like, oh, you don't sign a guy like him to your team. It's it's very rare. Usually they figure it out, right? But then I think people started putting two and two together, for better or for worse. And in this case, they were right, right? So I'm sure they knew something. But again, that's my speculation. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm curious too about. Can I say as a fact, all the players that are currently on leave, their contracts all expire at the end of this season. None of these players are locked super long term. Granted, that might be based on hockey skill, but maybe. Is it something that the team's noted as well? I want to say they're unrelated. I mean, like, okay, like Carter Hart, when did he sign his deal? Like, it wasn't, like, last year or whatever, right? I think he signed a three-year bridge deal. So if 2023 is 2019, 2020, maybe? Yeah, so he signed his deal 2021. Right? This was something that came out last year, two year and a half ago. So I don't think it's completely related. Um, like these deals are, the deal length is like, like all these guys' deals lengths are like normal. Like they're they don't stand out. Maybe that's what it is. They don't stand out. So if this was what they were considering in mind, then bravo, you hit it really well. For better or for worse, you hit it really well. But like. Like, if I just look at it on a surface level, I can't. Nothing stands out. Yeah, no, which is something, again, just a fact that you can kind of note. Um, it It's going to come up. I feel like it's going, because there's so much attention to the NHL right now, like, I wonder how many of the players who played on the 2018 team are now going to be asked questions in press conferences now. How much are they going to have to... You know, during media huddles, how many, I mean, I feel like they're like 
reporters and media are going to be told ahead of time, like, hey, we're not going to be answering, like, this player's not going to be answering questions about this, but it's going to come up, right? Like, they're going to ask, someone's going to ask this, one of these players on the 2018 team, the people that don't end up surrendering or who aren't named, they're going to be asked questions, right? Do you think so? I don't think they will. I think everyone knows it's like, nah, like, you're not going to get answers, and you're going to get in trouble with, with the p- team's PR if you ask that. Like, it's just not, it's not worth asking the question. Yeah, I, I wonder, again, maybe it won't be the players, but I wonder if the teams might be asked. Or, like, or just no, maybe... I, think, I think they know that you're not going to get an answer. Okay, no, fair enough. Like, yeah. I think, again, we're going to have to wait and see. It sounds like the London police are going to have a press conference soon to... I think the people, the players that are who have been asked to surrender, do need to surrender fairly soon. So I think we'll hear more news about it. But I think it's just kind of important that, like, we we weren't as a podcast. I, I think we decided as a group we weren't going to talk about it until we heard more about it. Even back when we first got the news, it wasn't like we were trying to avoid it or anything. Like we didn't think. Like, it wasn't like we said like, oh, this wasn't worthy of our podcast. I think it was just that it's a situation where. If you don't have the facts fully, it's not something that you should speculate on, and it's not something that you should really try to dive into when you are just going to be fabricating half the news, right? Like it's not something that you you need the details, you need the facts, and that's why we're trying to stick to the facts. But I think from both our point of views, whoever or whichever five, six, one, twenty players or people maybe it was like it sounded like there might have been other people involved scumbags and deserve to be um you know tried to the fullest extent of the law basically. that is our podcast's official stance i'm calling it right there if the law says they're guilty they're scumbags that is our official stance feel okay with that jeffrey um can we call it unofficial stance? Because I don't think we have an official tagline or anything like that. Yeah, our unofficial stance on this. Now, kind of moving on from the 2018 team, there's that also there's an investigation to the 2003 team in Halifax. Have you heard this too? Uh, not as much. I know very little about this one. It's kind of a little bit hidden, but the 2003 team's also being investigated right now. Oh my god! Again, it's a discovery phase, so it's not nothing is confirmed, but oh they're god. kind of looking into that. And this is the this is the 2003 team that we thought was the greatest team ever. Like this was a team loaded with stars. Or maybe, maybe not the 2003. Like, they weren't loaded with stars, but I think it was, this was, like, one of the greatest. Like, they had a lot of, like, future NHLers, I think. Um, this, unfortunately, because this is coming after the fact, like, these aren't current players, or these are players that have, you know, played maybe full careers in the NHL. It, it's kind of... I, ho- I hope that also gets uncovered. Like, I hope that, that doesn't get, like, hidden and, like, gets too far behind that 2018 story just because it's, you know, um, it's old news, right? Like, I mean, 
The 2000, sorry, the 2003 draft class was a good class. The 2005 World Junior team was the one that was loaded with the 03 draft class. But there's a, there's a story saying that there might have been some potential players in the 03 group that might have also been involved. Um, again, I think that's something that we're not going to speculate on. I think it's still in its very introductory phase right now. It's the very beginning. Um, but again, I think that's something that we're going to talk about. Again, once we get the facts, once we learn more, we'll give kind of dive into that topic a little bit more. You agree with that, Alston? Alston gave the thumbs up. Again, Alston sometimes forgets that we don't do video, so he has to describe when he puts his middle finger up, or he has to describe when he puts his thumb up, or he has to describe which finger he's picking his nose with, because Alston is currently sick and uh, trying to clear his sinuses right now. All right, uh, that's pretty much the end of our episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Alston? You know, talked a lot about a lot of things this uh, podcast. Um, at the end of the day, I'm proud of how we handled that. You know, we uh, look, I'm totally aware I made a lot of awkward pauses as we pondered what we wanted to say there. Um, but I think we handled it appropriately. So I'm, I, I just want to give ourselves a little pat on the back there. Um, but I, quick question for you. I just want yes or no. I don't want to hear why, but... Do the Oilers make it to 20? No. Okay, what number do they fail at? 16. Oof, bold. Okay, um, then I'm going to leave with that. That's my final thought. Yeah, I think, again, we're, we're, like as more news items come up, I think uh, we, may, we might not talk about our next podcast because I don't know how much news is going to come up, but I think when... It, we feel like it's time to talk about we'll talk about it as a podcast same with the O3 same with things that come out right like when the Kyle Beach and Chicago story came out we kind of waited a little bit before and it's not you know we're not like an up-to-date news podcast right we're just you know we talk about things that you know we want to talk about and you guys are here just kind of listen to what we have to say and more than welcome to let us know if we're doing this completely wrong or you feel like we're doing this completely the right way again how and how do people tell us we're doing this completely wrong jeffrey uh i don't run the tiktok or no it's not called no not TikTok. twitter twitter it's not called twitter anymore right? it's called x or whatever x twitter or whatever what's our handle um do is it still called a handle username i don't know man you know what i'm talking know. about the At thingy material that identifies us on the website at P-O-D underscore P-O-D. Is that right? What? No, no it's P-O-D underscore B-O-P underscore P-O-D. Oh. Jeez, it's like he's uh, drunk right now. No, this is a late Sunday night after... Well, okay, Alston's not feeling well. I just finished work. Ants is not here to help us both. So this is kind of going to shambles because we're at like minute 35 or 36 or wherever we're at. So, yes, it's at... B-O-P underscore P-O-D. There you go. Proud of you. Thank you. Again, that's why I don't do Twitter. Again, who knows? Anyway, um, that's the end of our podcast. Uh, Again, if you feel like you want us to talk more about this, if we're not doing this the right way, please let us know so that we can, you know, do it the way that it should be done, right? Like, we're not perfect. Um, and we'll see what happens at the All-Star Weekend. 
that's happening in Toronto, which uh, if you guys want to see Austin at the All-Star game, he will be there. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bank Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.